Dynamic, but then I became proud that this is the guy that sacrificed to put me through college, and this is the you know to learn what I learned, and this is the moment now that I can pay. I can never pay him back, but at least put a little something on, you know. So. Who struggle with communication because they don't know how to articulate their emotions. They think they shouldn't have emotions. They think that it's going to demasculate them to be able to talk on their feelings. And I, I think, like, I literally saw my father as like a superhero, right? Like, I've seen him do superhero stuff. I, I was shocked that all your friends had dads, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Right is, you know, fatherhood's way different now than it was when I was a kid. Right, uh -huh. I always brag about the fact that my dad, you know, came home every night. Like right. that was a big win in my neighborhood. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the fact that my dad just came home every night was a big thing. Uh, you know that he treated my mother well. He paid the bills. He worked hard. And, and I barely spent time with my, my dad because he was always working, you know? Uh, you know, on Saturdays, he would work sometimes. And then on Sundays, he was just kind of resting up, you know? He'd be in bed, he'd watch the TV on the couch and watching the ball game and things like that. And, and, you know, and he would carve out time to, you know, take us on vacation, take it to the beach once in a while, you know, in the summers. Uh, but we didn't have a lot of access to to my dad by the time he came home uh it was dinner time we we maybe watched the show after that the cosby show who's the boss whatever it is uh and then we went to sleep you know um now just because of the nature of my job i guess too you know i have a lot of time i'm i'm the one that picks my kids up from school uh i get dinner started if you know i'll feed the kids um, you know, I'm expected to kind of chip in, you know, mm -hmm. and it's fine. Like, like, you know, it doesn't bother me. If anything, if anything, you know, there, there, there are times where I'm like, man, this, this wasn't that hard. <laughs> right? like, like I had this idea that my whole life that motherhood was like this really tough job, you know, and I'm wow. like, this, this ain't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cooking and, you know, washing the dishes after, you know. Right. <laughs> Do you think um, it helps that you have a partner who also contributes? Of course. I, mean, I say all the time, man, parenthood is it's a two-person job. Mm -hmm. It's a two-person job. Or, or, you know, so I, a lot of respect to single parents, man. Single right. parents to have to juggle everything. Um, I, I can't imagine it, you know? But, um, you know, when you have a hand, I think it's all, it's all kind of doable. And, and if anything, you know, it, it's crazy that, you know, the dynamic has changed now where I think this is the first, like, now we see it as a two-person job. Whereas when I was a kid, it was like my mom's job to kind of raise me, right. you know? My, I think my experience was 
similar but different in the sense that my father was working for the majority of the day uh but he would you know he was always helping out around the house um but um to speak to what you said like that was the expectation though that like moms took care of everything else everything else like my dad if he cooked it was something extra it wasn't like right the default thing if he was cleaning it was something extra like he came home we jumped on top of him my mom didn't get that kind of love from the kids you know because she was the one like yelling at us the whole time you know right, right. And my father like i think about him now and anytime something needed to get fixed that dude fixed it mm-hmm. he wasn't right. calling plumbers he wasn't calling he's I'm, I'm sure he's like ashamed of me like, my hands are like dolphin fins like they feel like <laughs> you know <laughs> that guy yeah. they, they could fix anything i admire that guy um right um Primarily, though, it was like the mom doing everything else, and he just like kind of sprinkled in the stuff that he did. But he was like very involved in the in the housework and stuff like that. Right. If, if my dad, my dad would pitch in. Like as I got older, I remember, I remember this vividly. Like as a teenager, I started seeing my my dad kind of help my mom out a lot more than he used to. Um, but it was always seen as well. Thanks. Like right. Like why. Like you don't have to do this, but you are, and that's that's amazing. And, and it was you're the great. late '80s. They had like Murphy Brown was on, and right, you know, right. <laughs> you know, now it's like, how come you're not doing it? How come right. you're not helping? Right, 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 yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. My household was um, similar to Marco's household in a sense, except my dad. With Del, he always had somebody that could fix something. He could call a buddy up to do the fix, and he didn't do a lot of that stuff. But I'm the youngest of eight, so early on was his pretty much his pitching period because he was there. But as you know, the family grew, he would have to take on extra jobs. Mm-hmm. So he would be gone from say about maybe seven in the morning. You wouldn't see him again until eight or nine at night. And then he opened, the, him and his, my uncle opened the bar called the Big O's. Actually, in Passaic, it sits right where City Hall is at. So they lost that to eminent domain. Oh, so wow. we ended up, yeah, right. So anyway, and then before that, he worked at a place on Passaic Street called U.S. Rubber before they moved to some place like Ohio. Wow. So, you know, I had fresh sneakers like every week. That was kind of <laughs> like the deal. You walk in the kitchen. Dad had stacks of sneakers sitting there every week, and you just would go and grab your little fresh pair of like pro kids, and you were good, you know. But <laughs> yeah. that, but my mother would always talk about how my dad was a better cleaner than even even her, you know, and all of that different stuff. But she said, as the family grew, she had to stay home, mm-hmm. and he ultimately worked. So when he came in. You know, the food was ready. He would have to warm it up himself. You know, dishes were done. And then he would see us, talk to us a little bit, and go right back to sleep. And then the weekends pretty much was his time to be off. So if we had sporting events, he would be there, you know, for the sporting events, you Mm -hmm. know, critically telling you exactly what you're doing. I can remember playing quarterback, the coaches in one ear, and dad's on the (laughs) other side, you know, telling me what to do. So I'm like... Or he would sit by the first base fence. I'm playing first base. I had to tell my coach, can you sit me to second or third base so he can't get around to me? And he's talking my ear off. But, you know, it's interesting because you begin to appreciate that. But Mm -hmm. he was basically 
you know, the domineering force in the family in terms of various things. My mother managed most things. And their relationship was such that whoever was the expert in a particular area took the lead. So it wasn't a traditional 1940s and 50s household where they would say, okay, the dad is the final arbiter, you know, final decision maker. No. You know, my mother named Charlotte. Charlotte, you know how to do that? Run with that. That's your thing. Oscar, you know how to do that? You run with it. So it was pretty egalitarian in terms of the household. Everybody, no, no, all my brothers know how to cook, can cook, because that was kind of like the demand, you know, so. And everybody knows how to do all sorts of things. My sisters, you know, pretty much could do. They needed to do yard work or get out there to shovel snow. Pretty egalitarian, especially since my, considering my parents were born in the 1920s, mm -hmm. 1924, uh, 1926. So it's wow. a pretty egalitarian um, household. Yeah, they sound like they were really ahead of their time. I like that it wasn't so traditional and confined, you know? Right. Yeah, um, definitely. As far as the role that my father played, it's similar to all of you in that he was always a provider and he always worked from 4 a.m. to 4 or 5 p.m. my entire life. And to now he still works 70 to 80 hours a week. Um, and I just always know, I've always known he was a very hard worker. He worked a lot and we didn't have a lot of access to him. It was very little access. I think that even as kids made us appreciate him because we knew that like those times were limited through the week. Right. And there were a right. lot of weeks where he didn't have a day off. So like when we got that day off once or twice a month, we were appreciative even as a young person, like knowing, okay, like this is probably not going to happen for a couple of weeks, you know? Right. Um, you have I, a great, like, great story about your dad, about, uh, like before, before you got married. Can you tell that story? That's like what he did? Yeah. So um, my dad is very protective. Like sometimes it's annoying. Even now it's annoying because, you know, I do live with him, right? And sometimes he asks me, like, when I'm coming home, and I'm like, you're so annoying. Like, you're not allowed to ask people when they're in their 30s. <laughs> right? And he yeah. um, always tries to tell me, like, never to move out and just to live here all my life. And, like, who, like just save your money and die with it. You don't need to ever move. Um, <laughs> so before I got married, he... My ex-husband is from South Patterson. And my dad, like, parked his car, like, on the, like, right on the border of Clifton and Patterson on Main Street. And he literally went into like every single store in the Middle Eastern part of Patterson and like asked about, uh, asked about my ex-husband. He asked like store owners, he called for workers. Wow. He found out like- Betting him. <laughs> yeah, like he right, yeah, like, yeah. some of his, some people he's friends with, they're, some of their kids are some of like the drug dealers in that area. So he went and met up with them. And he asked them what they knew. Did he ever deal with them? Like, what was their experience wow. with them? Yeah, so he like went in. It was very intense. He did his research. And then he called uh, my ex-husband to his store at the time and interviewed him. Well, I should say interrogated. 
Wow. <laughs> Over the course of three or four times, like he asked him a lot of personal questions. I was kind of offended when I found out. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember like when I was 20, I was like, this is so annoying. Like, why was he like that? But now I realize like, especially as a parent, like I do appreciate that overprotection, you know? All right. Right. I do appreciate it. I don't know. I don't think I ever want him to do that again to like my next partner, (laughs) (laughs) but I appreciate that he did it at the time. Um, I think something though that, and I don't, if you guys might have in common also is I don't think our fathers, um, although they were all great providers, were really like supportive in the sense of like emotional and mental health. I don't think that was like a thing for them because that was not a thing. Like even now, if I try to say something that has to do with, anything mental or emotional there's like a disconnect yeah it's not a thing for me it's not even a thing for no. them so it's not even a thing for me yeah that wasn't a thing for my mom either that was <laughs> this wasn't like a 80 sitcom where there was like a, a moment at the end of the episode where you sat on your bed with your i do it now with my kids i have the with my kids all the time i, I call it the cosby talk I call it the Daddy Tanner <laughs> talk because I don't yeah. associate with, uh, you know. Oh, stop. <laughs> That's it. I go with I Daddy do, Tanner, who's like the most ratchet comedian right now. <laughs> <He's> no. so- <laughs> go ahead, Marv. I'm sorry. No one Marv, has done I? more for fatherhood than Bill Cosby. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, That's, a yeah, right. That's a lot of credit. That's a lot. True. Mariah doesn't remember 80s Bill Cosby, though. Right. right. Everybody, everybody you know, the cosmetologist. In our generation, for Marco and myself, mm-hmm. I yeah. think we all, they'd be lying if they said that they don't refer to the Cosby show. Like, like it never some Huxable, it, yeah. connects a little, some Huxtable love. You know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? Right. We all yeah. do it. Oh, absolutely. No, we I grew guess, up thinking yes. we needed to be more like the Huxtables. Right. Not like your, your pops. <laughs> yeah. Right. Not no, like right. my dad. Yeah. <laughs> My dad yeah. would say, don't be like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, but again, with the hospitals, access to resources helps create a time where you can kind of like do, do, do those particular things. I know my relationship with my dad, you know, it, it evolved, it evolved, it evolved over time. I mean, where we became really, really close, the, the, the older he got. And it was, I remember, it's a, it's a crazy, I, I told my doctor this story, that as my, my dad was like a superhero to me, you know. And when he started getting older, you know, weaker in some senses, I was really inside for a period angry at him. <laughs> Literally angry at my dad because he was never supposed to be less than a superhero to me, you know. And I had to kind of, I had to work my way through that. It was like a kind of like a three-month period. I find myself just like a little sharp with him in a sense. He wouldn't have noticed, but I just felt it inside. And then I realized, I said, no, he's not supposed to get older because, of course, the transition to getting older is ultimately he's going to pass away. And so I had to deal with that for about three months. And I said, no, no, no. Now, now I'm the resource because I remember like I was into holistic health, all, all sorts of things. And I found this holistic MD and I would go to him and, you know, for myself. And then I would always say, why am I doing all this research on things? Well, then my father ended up with prostate cancer. 
and I was able to connect him with this doctor. Now, his traditional MD, when my dad was telling him all the different things that he was going to be doing with Dr. Holder's his name, still my doctor today, the traditional MD with his traditional way, I'm just going to say Western way of seeing things, mm-hmm. didn't understand. He, he was like, ah, oh, well, you could try that, you could try that. But then when he saw my dad's PSA after he had the prostate removed go down, down, and down, he was like, okay, I, I've never learned these things in med school, so I'm going to actually call this doctor. So he literally called my dad's doctor, and they started working together wow. on my dad. Then he came out with, um, like, smoked a long time, worked in a factory, throat cancer. So I can remember how arrogant the, um, his, one of his ear, nose, and throat doctor was when we had talked with Dr. Holt. He said, okay, do the radiation, not the chemo. And this doctor was livid because I was the spokesperson for my dad. I said, listen, we, we have a, a thing that we're, you know, we have a way of dealing with this. He was like, oh, no, you guys. The was really literally yelling at me. I'm like, we got this. But then again, another doctor that began to see the results of the combination of Eastern and Western medicine. You know, and I said, by the way, I would always tell his doctors, his doctor's an MD. He just always says that they're, various methods there are many sources of knowledge around the world and he's not going right. to limit himself to western thinking right and so right. i would say that dr holder extended my dad's life probably by about 15 years wow. and then but i would my it took me a while to transition because my dad had to lean on me now for information about medical stuff and it was just a weird dynamic but then i became proud that this is the guy that sacrificed to put me through college. And this is the, you know, to learn what I learned. And this is the moment now that I can pay, I can never pay him back, but at least put a little something on, you know, so. Right. Yeah. Can I ask you something, Marv? So, yeah, go ahead. you know, I, I think for, for me, for sure, you know, my dad is a super, he's read superhero status long time ago. Right. 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 And and like you said, they work hard to put you through college to, you know, give you opportunities that they never had. Uh, but, you know, like you mentioned earlier, like so did mom. Right. It was it was a group effort. You can't do it without mom. Without oh, mom absolutely. Oh, I, oh no question. Yeah. But does mom and let's be honest, does mom have the same S on her chest that like did, did, <laughs> did you see her as a superhero? Oh man, absolutely! Listen, uh, if you, I'm first of all, I'm a mama's boy. I mean, as much as I just told you that story about my dad, I'm like a mama's boy. Any, any, anybody can tell you that. Um, it it took my dad quite a long time to catch up, and I'm talking about probably my dad didn't catch up to mom until probably in my forties. It took no, not my full probably, probably about my. My 30s is when dad finally caught up. He never quite got even with mom because she was just like, I mean, just beyond, you know. Okay. But yeah, ab- absolutely. How about for you, Rob? <laughs> but, <laughs> Your mom. I, 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 see, I see them totally different, man. Yeah? I see, yeah. I, I see, like, like my, mom, my mom for me, and I, I love my mom. And, right, uh, of course. Of course, right? You know, right. but my mom, I see her more as like the first, 
precious thing in my life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I see her like a precious thing, you know? Um, like a delicate thing, a beautiful thing. The right. And I see my dad. Like, <laughs> I see my dad like Paul Bunyan, you know? Like, I right. see him as. <laughs> yeah. So, like, right, superhuman. Thoughts on this. <laughs> Yeah, but one last thing though, I think yeah. you know part of that is I, I think it's because I'm a guy. I think it had there has to be some. I'll blame society on it, uh, but also mean. like ever since I've been a dad, like when I became a dad six years ago, almost to the day, um, you know, I I got this feeling of holy shit, like this is really hard, man. Yeah, yeah. like the sense of the. the weight of the responsibility not not so much like what we do on a daily basis like i'm not going to say that's hard i'm saying the, the the immense responsibility that comes with parenthood right is is huge man and I, and i do think the weight or the or the kind the things that we're asked as fathers are a little bit different than the things mothers are asked definitely so for for me I think like I literally saw my father as like a superhero, right? Like I've seen him do superhero stuff, you know, like I've seen it with my own eyes, like him yeah. seeing a woman. I, I will never forget it. Uh, seeing a woman get beat up in broad daylight. And I'll never forget. I, I was picking up. I just got my license. I was picking up. Uh, he told me to go pick up this car with him. He always bought new, uh, used cars and would fix them. And he sees this woman getting beat up. He stops the car like while it's still going throws that in park. I'm in the car behind him and he gets out and he beats the dude up because he was beating up <laughs> on this woman. He had no idea who this woman was. All right. And I remember that I was like, um, maybe like 16. I just got my permit or something. And then my wife reminds me, I did the same thing. When I just met her, I saw somebody getting beat up and I, you know, I jumped out just like it's in me to help out. Whenever somebody right. was like stranded on the side of the road, my father would pull over, mm -hmm. help him out like that kind of stuff, you know? Um, but at the same time, I see my mom as the same, I kind of hold them in the same kind of place, you know, because um, my mom like ran away from home when she was like 18, 19 years old mm -hmm. to another state where she didn't know anybody because she heard she had an uncle just to escape her situation in California. She goes to Pacific, New Jersey. She heard she had an uncle there. So, you know, that takes bravery. That's cur I'll never do anything like that, you know? Right. Um, right. And my mom, you know, worked, you know, as many hours as my dad and managed to do all that other stuff, you know? And, you know, I, I, I think I hold them both like in this high thing. But I was thinking about um, how we look at our fathers growing up. And I remember... Um, it made me think about when Hurricane Irene or Sandy, when these hurricanes happened, we had this little uh, house in the backyard. And I'm talking about me and my kids now. And we had this little, you know, I don't know how to call it, like a big like Lego, kind of like fit together. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it, it's just, it's like a, like a playhouse, right? Okay. And it just fits together. It's just like, um, it's got these grooves and you put the roof on and got the side walls and you got the door, right? And I remember during that hurricane, that thing, you know, the wind tore it apart, right? And it, it literally takes like three minutes to put together. And my boys were, I think, six and four at the time. And they were beside them. So they used to play in that thing. They were crying, you know, oh, my house, our house. <laughs> you know? 
<laughs> and I was like, boy, I was like, relax, you know. Yeah. I get there and I'm like, I put the things on and they I put it together like in three minutes. They're celebrating. They're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh damn. Well, I was like, all right. I was like, yeah. Like Poppy did that. <laughs> you be, you became all money in that moment. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. right. Like you can fix anything yeah. kind of thing, you know, it's kind right. of cool. So I, that just reminded me, like, the things I used to see my father do, you know, I used to be like, damn, that guy is he's kind of amazing, you know? Um, and I remind my dad all the time when I see him, like, he's, you know, he's 70-something years old now, and we used to, like, swing on his arms. He used to flex, and three boys are swinging on his arms. You look at him now, you're like, <laughs> how do we do that? Right. <laughs> like, how do you fit on your arms? And you used to have these guns, and we used to just swing on his arms. Um, but my mom, you know, yeah. again, it was... My, my, my dad was more, like, um, affectionate towards us than my mom. Like, ev- the, the way our, the boys are in my house, we're just, like, loving people. We just, like, hug everybody. It's just, like, love like that. My, my dad, we get that from my dad, not my mom. So, in that way, like, he was very, like, you know, very affectionate with us, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that that's not really usually typical of dads, especially, like, in your dad's time period, for men to be affectionate. Like I don't know, I but I, I think about my, my friends, my friend's mm-hmm. parents real quick. And I don't know if it's like a Puerto Rican thing or not. Um, my friend's parents were all like my dad. Like they were, they were like my dad. Like they were just affectionate with their boys, you know, it was right. different. But my other friends weren't like that. Their dads weren't, weren't like that, you know? Yeah. I wonder yeah. if that's cultural for you. I don't know. I just like, no, my little circle. Rob always goes off on my, my, <laughs> 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 like my, the Puerto Ricans he knows are obviously different than <laughs> I, I was shocked that all your friends had dads growing up. <laughs> 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 it's my stuff. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I cut you off the riot. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, I think you got affection now because you said affection. Yeah, I, I don't remember my dad being affectionate until like maybe I was older. And like now he's more affectionate, but I don't remember him being affectionate as a kid. And I think, um, did anybody say, Omar said that you love your mom more than your dad? You didn't. Damn, he didn't that. say that. <laughs> he didn't say all that. He didn't say all that. No, I, got, I didn't. I said it took a while for my dad, my dad had to kind of catch up. Oh, I thought you, you know? said your dad never it, caught up. <laughs> well, no, he did. It took him a while to get there, you know, but... <laughs> Yeah, I put mom first. Like my dad still has some, t- he still has a long way to catch up. We don't have to choose people. Like <laughs> your parents no, are going to No, 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 right, right. I <laughs> that's the right to, to, <laughs> to be clear, I did not choose. I just said like they, they, I just see them differently. Like it's a different type of affection and love that I right, have yeah, for them. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah, it's different. But even in the difference, I know that one like I, I can admit who I favor over the other. You know, <laughs> you know it's crazy. Like, like <laughs> see, see, the ride trying say, to force us to choose. Here. I know, <laughs> trying to get people I, in I trouble. Know, Marco, I hope none of your family listens to this, but they are. I know that for you, my dad won't listen. My mom won't listen. So, mom, I love you more. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like your dad is first. Stop! Don't say Wait. that. <laughs> Hold up! I heard Marco say this. Uh-oh. What did he say? Listen to this. He said that there's no 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 woman above his mother. And That's he true. Said he, right. And he said even if he says his wife is, he's just saying that. 
<laughs> like I said, I agree. I, I I agree with that. I'm the yeah, same yeah. way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mom is it. You know. Sash, you're close number two. <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, wait, wait. Close number two. You know what's crazy? You Sophia, you're close number two, and then. <laughs> you know what's crazy for me? Like my my parenting style, I would say is closer closer aligned to my mom mm-hmm. than than my dad's because my dad wasn't. My dad doesn't come from an affectionate family. Mm-hmm. you know right. uh but my mom does and so i know growing up and i have a great relationship with my dad but it wasn't all hugs and kisses all the time you know like we're, we're men you know what i'm saying um and, and i see that dynamic a little bit with my stepson you know that i'm i'm not as affectionate with him than i am with my daughter because my daughter's a girl and i kind of just shower her with love type of thing and, and hugs and kisses and stuff you know but you know, because I could already hear, you know, everybody saying you shouldn't be like that with guys, you know, whatever. But the sad thing for me, I think, you know, when you're dealing with, with guys is as much as you want to be loving and affectionate and into your feelings and things like that, there, there are moments in life that call for you not to be that way. But that's for men and women, though. I, 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 think, for, I think for guys... Guys are, are judged for being, you know, tender. Oh, kind of thing. Or women that, aren't. Um, even like, even in your parenting, this is not to put you on the spot. This is just in response. Um, You're about to be put on the spot, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody else just <laughs> muted their mics. You saw that, dude? <laughs> Give them the screen. Who has control of the screen? Right. Just <laughs> literally put them on the spot. <laughs> there it comes. There it comes. <laughs> I think that it's so interesting that even in your parenting style, like the patriarchy is still there. Like you can't even detach yourself from the patriarchy when you parent, when you like that's preventing, that's really what's, that's the core of what's preventing you from. What are you talking about? She's having an open moment. Let her go. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. That's what prevents you from showing more affection to your daughter than your stepson. Is playing into the patriarchy <laughs> and believing in that you cannot show your emotion because it it like has to do with your masculinity. Right. Yeah. So, mm. yeah. Right. No, no. And you're not completely wrong. That I, I agree with that last part. That it does have to do with masculinity, you know? Um because because we're taught that and that's just, you know, I don't think that's rare. Like culturally, mm-hmm. you know, like throughout the Americas, <laughs> I think that, that's pretty much, you know, the same. You know, guys are, are you know, that being masculine kind of, I, I was taught that that meant, you know, being in total control of your emotions, you know? Yeah, but is that human, you know? And I don't even think, I think it's that's possible. a worldwide thing. Um, what are we talking about right now? We're talking about like... uh like crying kind of thing? Like the men don't cry, yes. that kind of thing? Yeah. That's part of it. Showing your emotions. I, okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Because I have thoughts on that. It doesn't even have to necessarily mean crying. It could just be being able to um, articulate your emotions. Right. And I think that when you're not taught that as a boy, Makes you it very difficult. be able right. to do that as yeah. an adult, you know? And I right. know that we all know men in our personal lives and out out of that as well. 
who, who struggle with communication because they don't know how to articulate their emotions. They think they shouldn't have emotions. They think that it's going to demasculate them to be able to talk on their feelings. And I think that we do a disservice to boys, to little boys, when we don't create that space for them to talk about their feelings, to be affectionate. Um, because as adults, they're certainly not going to be able to. You're not giving them the tools, I feel like, when you hold back on them as kids. So it's almost like you're doing them a disservice as opposed to encouraging them. Yeah, I think makes, makes sense. Go ahead, Barbara. No, I was going to say this, though. I'm thinking about my, my, my household where my um, – the, the, the way I see it is that you were able to express your emotions. But here, here, here's, here, here's the thing. There's also a component where – and when there's, a, when, when there's a time where you may have to um, put a knee on a, those emotions in certain circumstances because as a male or female, Mm -hmm. you don't want to come across, and I'll say for both, as a punk in certain situations. Mm -hmm. And right. so sometimes I, I know that um, the idea of not crying can go, can go to the extreme one way or to the extreme in another way. Because I just think about it in terms of playing sports. There, 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 there's, there's an aspect where, no, no, you're not going to see me mad or cry or show you any level of emotion because I can't allow you to get an edge on me. Now, I could leave that at the door when I enter my household, but sometimes I find that it's almost in this, this idea of hyper-masculinity, which I'm totally against. There are some components of manhood that need to pretty much, to pretty much stay in place because as many women as I talk to, I don't know if they're confident in going out with a guy that at least in some aspect they would say, listen, if something goes down, is this cat going to at least be able to marshal up the courage <laughs> to stick up for me? Or am I going to be in an argument and this dude is going to take off and just leave <laughs> me standing there? Right. I mean, so, I, I, there's a primal right. thing there. There's a right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. Right. Absolutely. And, and I, I just want to add to that, right? Because I, I and I want to make clear, like, <laughs> so I'm I'm not saying that only men should be tough and only men should have mental toughness and only men should learn how to master their emotions. You know, that's right. That's not what I'm saying, right? Because okay. I I teach my daughter. We teach our daughters, right, in society now, to speak up for themselves mm -hmm. to right. you know what i'm saying like you know and, and the whole list of things things that were traditionally just for men right right like those right. lines are kind of gone but what i don't believe in or what i don't practice I don't try to now you know make my son or allow my son to be more feminine you know, or what yeah. what we we perceive as feminine right Mm -hmm. When it comes to like the crying, when I was a little boy, you didn't cry. <laughs> you didn't cry. If you cried, you got hit. Right. You know what I'm saying? They'll give I'll you. I'll give you a reason to cry. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> reason to cry. <laughs> you want to cry? That's not how we do it in my house, yeah. right? But You're stifling your tears. <laughs> right. But but <laughs> when my son does cry, like it, it has to be 
and this is, you might disagree with this, the Ryan. Like <laughs> to me, it must it has to be something worth crying about. Cry worthy, yes. I'm the same. If we ran out of if we ran out of material, you ain't crying. Right. <laughs> if you if a toy broke, you're not crying because today it's the toy and the Cheerios. Twenty years from now, it could be something in the house that you breaks down. You said it earlier. It could be something uh, a missing food in the right. fridge. Like you can't cry in those moments. You have to now, you know, buckle down and confront right. that moment. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You said Without it earlier. Controlling yeah. your emotion. I like that. You right. said, you know, we have to control. Which, which, I'm the same way. And that doesn't mean I'm not teaching that to my daughter. You know what I'm saying? Right. right. That's something so, I learned like, that my sister didn't let's learn. Real quick. As opposed to control, I kind of always, like my son, learn how to manage your emotions. Right. You know what right. I mean? I don't want to stifle, but I want to be able in a position where I can manage them. I really like that. I like the word manage. Manage. Your okay. emotions. Um, I had a... <laughs> I had my son this past spring was on this and i think boys are being brought up differently just on a societal level you know so the coaches are very different than my coaches my coaches were the worst like they yeah, were the yeah. face like screaming yes. at you my yeah. teachers would be like oh my, my god yeah, like yeah spit will be like oh man it was bad and then my son's uh team this spring uh, they lost the basketball game. It was like the a championship game, right? right. Um, it was a tournament. I'm sorry, before the season started, it was a good tournament. They lost the game, and my son is crying, right, because he lost the game. And I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe this kid's crying because he lost the game, right? So uh, <laughs> he's crying, and he knows how what I'm gonna what I'm gonna say to him. So he's trying to like stop the tears when he comes see me, right? So he sits next to me because his other uh, his brother is playing the next game. So he sits next to me, and then the coach comes by. And, and the coach is young, man. The coach is like maybe like 20, well, young to me. He's like 26, 27. Uh, and the well, coach, hand on the shoulder, Danny Tanner moment, just bam. Yeah. <laughs> For like 20 minutes. He's soft talking. piano playing in the background. Yeah, yeah, the soft music is playing. <laughs> and For 20 minutes, he's talking my son off the ledge, right? And I'm right. looking at this coach. And, I, and my wife is looking at me and she's like, don't say anything. I was like, I'm not going to say anything, right? So <laughs> the coach leaves, and I was like, "You just got the millennial response. You're gonna get the real response when we get home." <laughs> like that team was just better than you. You lost because you you guys weren't that good. <laughs> you know, that's it. You know, that's it. But you yeah. didn't have to embarrass me out there. No, no, no. You didn't embarrass me. I was embarrassed by him. I was embarrassed. Like I was mad at the coach for taking yeah. 20 minutes out of his life. <laughs> to comfort you know, um, when Marco and Rob, get that 20 minutes left he's never gonna get that 20 minutes when you guys right. when the tour you said a few minutes ago that you feel like the tears need to be worth worthy right my first, my first thought was that like isn't it unfair that you kind of get to decide what's valid or invalid for what someone should show no. for no absolutely not and i'm gonna tell you why because <laughs> Like Marvin alluded to earlier, right? Like there is like these primal things, man. And and I say this all the time. I'm not preparing my kids for the world as I wish it were. I'm mm -hmm. I'm preparing them for the world that exists, right? Right. And if you look at it at in a primal level, man, it's this is a jungle, man, right? 
And and if 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 my daughter kind of loses it, if she if if you Thariah just break down and cry all of a sudden, you know, the world reacts to your tears differently than they do my tears, mm. right? And my <laughs> right. son's tears and our tears as men are seen as weakness, and that opens up a door, man. That opens up a door, and that brings danger. You know what I'm saying? To the and tribe. We're not saying Dariah that. It means weakness. We're just saying it's perceived as that. It's perceived. The greatest yeah. basketball Thank player you. in the world is a meme because he was crying. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't even have to necessarily be about crying. And anybody who knows me knows I'm not a crier. And I would rather, like, literally die than cry in front of people. <laughs> like, just, you can kill me. But you could be. And I think, like, that's my point. You could be if you wanted to. If like you my wanted to cry over but you yeah. could. You have the freedom to do that. You could use that to your advantage. I guess that's, yeah. one, of the, that's one of the few freedoms that I'm take you out of a traffic Here's, Again, if I cry, to, if, I, if I get pulled over by a cop and cry, I'm getting more tickets. Right. <laughs> that goes back again to the primal nature, right? So so my when my daughter tears up because she wants something, her tears have a different effect on me. I, I I start getting almost like <laughs> I start hearing I start hearing the soft piano in the background and I'm like oh my god you know like what do I do in this situation do I, I just give her the ice cream because I don't want her to grow up and just swing on a pole for some ice cream <laughs> you know whereas my son if he would do the same thing I'm like no man you don't cry for ice cream bro that's right. and it's not about the ice cream it, it's about you, you scream for manage that because <laughs> if you do that as an adult, if you do that as an adult, man, like the world is going to react very harshly to you. Right. I think I, and I understand um, what you're saying. Like I tell, I tell my boys to cry at home for whatever they want to cry about. Like we don't want to do that in front of people, but you can totally cry and it's valid. Just don't do it in public. That's like where my issue is because you're right. You do need to have a kind of strength, right? Um, and you, you don't owe everybody your emotions, but like, I think my oh, point is not just to the crying piece, but in general about being affectionate with boys and teaching them to articulate their feelings, I think is really important. Like, are you open to boys in like, and you all have sons, are you open to them talking about their feelings and their emotions? Or do you yeah. shut that down the way that you do with crying? <laughs> wow, shut that down. Like, no, I don't. The, I, when the crying happens, this is how it goes on in my house. When the crying happens, I say, listen, when you're done crying, come see me. But I don't want to see you cry. Go upstairs and cry. Mm -hmm. All right. And then we have to talk. All right. And then after the talk, the talk feels better after for them than the cry did. Right. You know, because mm -hmm. the crying is just a manifestation of that frustration or anger or whatever it is crying to me just the 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 idea of crying is weird to me you know like i don't know i don't know what the science is behind it you're sad <laughs> water comes out your eyes what that's just a weird thing like if you think about it um so but it's a thing and i acknowledge that it's a thing and when they were younger they don't do it anymore now when they're frustrated they like use their their words and that's, that's what i say. I say you got to use your words right mm -hmm. uh, my son my second son oh. had when he was very young and still to today, it manifests itself in some ways. He has like this anger, 
right? We don't know where it comes from. It's just this anger. <laughs> <laughs> and when he was a kid, when he was in pre-K, he, we had an awesome teacher in Passaic. Um, uh, her name was Ms. Babbitts. And like on the second week of school, she was like, listen, uh-huh. read this with your son. <laughs> she gave us a book and it was like, and I was like, yeah, we're trying to deal with that. And she was like, yeah, I've seen, I'm, I'm noticing it with him. And she would just notice these things with him. And it was like the first time we consciously thought about it. It's this teacher brought it up to us. Like, yeah, you're right. You know, he kind of mm-hmm. acts out in certain ways when he doesn't get his way or whatever. Um, but we always like, we always talk about talking about what we're, we're what we're feeling, you know, mm-hmm. before it gets to crying, it doesn't have right. to get there. Like that's a symptom of something, you know, let's talk about it before it gets to that point. And I think we're in a nice place right now where uh, they'll come up to me like, Papi, I, I was thinking about this, you know, it's like, all right, let's go. And we, we have that conversation, mm-hmm. which never happened when I grew up with my mother or my father. It wasn't a, a thing, you mm-hmm. know, but I think now you have like, uh, it's more acceptable and you have like, um, you know, to express your feelings is something, you know, that is generally accepted by society. You have like Drake made a right. career out of it, you know, but, it, but, but has that, has that led to something good? What? You know, because now you have, Everybody is just throwing up their emotions at everything, right. and 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 it's all over the place. And That's and just what's happening right now with with you know wearing a mask in public and, and people in a rage because they have to wear a fucking mask, you know, for a couple of minutes <laughs> to go right. in and out of a store, and they're right. losing it. They're losing it. And, and and my only explanation is because they're being inconvenienced and they don't feel that it's right. It, like Child. something just some something doesn't feel like normal to me, and so they're having a complete meltdown now. And these are adults I'm talking about, right? Right? Are so, you making a connection? So, yes, I, I because like <laughs> we're not we're we're not teaching our kids to manage their emotions. We're saying it's okay to just fucking Be let outraged. it out. Sometimes it's right. not okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like you have to be mindful of what you're letting out. Right. To balance, like, there be a balance of you can express your emotions and you can talk about how you feel, but there are times where it's appropriate to do that, you know, as opposed to just modeling to a child that they're not supposed to have emotions, talk about their emotions. But listen, this is these are shaky waters man right they're rough waters because i I know when i was a kid if i expressed like my feelings about something my feelings would be challenged (laughs) you know like (laughs) if i felt like sad about something well why are you sad (laughs) why are you sad over that right yeah there's no reason for that to make you sad right Mm -hmm. and it it made me pause and, and reflect and you know uh like kids don't do that now kids are taught you know, oh, you're sad. Talk about what makes you sad. It's okay to be sad, and it's okay. Everything's okay. <laughs> Everything is okay to be angry. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be upset. Everything's okay, right? Like nothing is wrong. So they when, grow up into these adults that feel that everything they feel is correct. Yeah. Yes. When did that start? Like, I got a theory on this. Right. I think in the late '80s, something happened. I don't know what it was in the late 80s where we started having these conversations about like social emotional health and all this stuff i think that started 
in the late 80s. And here's why I say that. When I was, when my, when my brother was in school, my brother, I think was the, like the last person ever to get beat by a teacher. He might have yeah. that. Right? It was like the <laughs> early 80s and he got beat by a teacher. And my, like, people co-signed on it. It was like, fine, because he deserved it, right? Right. So that happened while I was alive, right? <laughs> like I remember that. And then like um I remember I'll never forget. This is an embarrassing story, I'll share it. Whatever. When I was in uh fifth grade, I went to uh number eight school in Pasek from kindergarten all the way to the fifth grade. And then my mother thought it a good idea to transfer me in my last year of elementary school to a different school, all right, a better right. school. So I went to number one school for the sixth grade. And I hated it. I hated it. I hated it. Right. Um, and every day before school, I would cry because I didn't want to go to school. And every day, my father would be like, you got to leave. You got to leave. You got to leave. And then one day, uh, he just beat my ass in the car because <laughs> he was fed up. Right? <laughs> I got my ass whooped in the car. Right. The next day, I get called into the principal's office and the uh, Dr. Uh, Everett. He was the principal of the vice principal at the time. He goes, um, did your father whip you yesterday <laughs> in the car? And I was like, no. <laughs> no. He said, well, yeah. we have to have a meeting with him. And he was going to be in picture. If I said yes, he would have been like in huge trouble. You, you almost know? got your daddy Absolutely. in trouble. Yo, now right. I think kids will be like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they say, Yo, Absolutely. Yeah, Shoot, yeah. because I would have got my butt whooped even more. <laughs> right, something like that. Yeah, uh, but I think, yeah. like you know, from going to a place where teachers were hitting kids <laughs> to a place where you're being reported in the span of like five years is something you know where they have to report it, kind of thing. Rightfully, listen, so. man, we 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 are all you know in this pandemic. I'm sure I'm not the only one that has been told to be mindful of the kids and their social emotional state right now oh, before yeah. you grade put the grade down. Oh yeah. Right. Right. So, you know, I I don't I don't know, and we that's a whole other topic. But I just don't feel that there's a balance. I think I think teachers hitting kids is one extreme, and I think we've reached the other extreme. Yeah. And 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 I would say I was fortunate enough to kind of grow up in the middle, somewhere in the middle where I didn't get hit, but but my teachers would, they they didn't care about my feelings. Anybody that knows Rob knows he didn't get hit as a kid. No, I got hit. I, I didn't get hit by my teacher. Oh, okay, okay, okay. You're crazy, bro. <laughs> you say you're crazy with a badge of honor. It is a badge of honor. I, took, I earned my stripes. <laughs> I had to get the belt many times. I, I, hear I, you. I You know what's crazy? Like, and, and again, going back to now, you know, the fatherhood thing. Uh, and I don't know if Marv or Martinez, I don't know if you guys, you know, spank it, spanked the kids at all, you know, but, but even that is, is looked, <laughs> looked at differently. I, I say all the time, if, if I told you, if I described to you the ways I got hit when I was a oh kid. Oh, my God. That's a you would, episode. I got you, young, anybody, any young person listening would, would be shocked. Yes. Right? Like, kids would be shocked, man. Cool. My father had this, like, brown... <laughs> Let's do this. Let's do this. It's here. Snake skin. Snake skin belt that he never wore. This belt had no creases because he never wore it. And it would just hang on the mirror of his bureau. And, and, and 
in uh in his bedroom. And so when when it was time to get hit with it, he would tell you to go get it. Right. <laughs> oh so I had to go march upstairs. I man, I'm too short to reach. I gotta climb on the thing, bring down the, the belt. You gotta bring work it for that whipping. <laughs> he would take it, he would hold it in such a way where he would fold it and then make it snap. Yeah, well, yeah, a little snap so, you, so you could so you could hear. So you could hear <laughs> so you could, yeah. I got right. somewhere on here. Yeah. Pop, pop, yeah. Uh, you know? And then he would proceed to, to, you know, to hit me. And, and if we were like in public, like a stranger, a right? Like a stranger. Yeah. This is a quick one, man. <laughs> you know, this is a quick one, but this, this would never happen in 2020. So one of the few times, you know, it was just me and my dad at the supermarket. It was on like a Saturday, uh, you know, mom's, you know, getting ready to fire up the grill. Cause in my culture, the men don't grill the, you know, the women, do, right. So my mom's working the barbecue. She sends us out. You give me the side eye every time I say I'm grilling. Absolutely. <laughs> and <laughs> so, so we're going. I'm running around. I'm, I'm being obnoxious in, in the supermarket. He tells me to stop, to calm down. Sure, Dad, no problem. I keep running around, running around, running around. He tells me again, stop it. Stop running around. Okay, Dad, no problem. Running around, running around, running around. We get to the cashier. I'm still, you know, fidgety, touching, touching everything. Then you stop, or I'm gonna hit you in public. Yeah, absolutely. Then, right? He pays. We're walking to the car now in the parking lot in the middle of the day. Everybody's there. I'm running around, running around, running around. He had it. Made me pull down my pants. <laughs> <laughs> In the parking lot, in front of everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Took his belt off like it was the sword of Zorro. Just <laughs> <laughs> and that sound, man. That sound. <laughs> oh my god! Right, and then he whooped me right there. But listen, I never ran to the supermarket <laughs> again <laughs> to this day. To this day. <laughs> to this day. <laughs> to this day. I don't even power walk in the supermarket. Like. <laughs> <laughs> this, is how I, this is how i know my kids are like privileged <laughs> the other day i was and this is not too long ago maybe a couple months ago um i took off my belt they were all on my bed right and i took off my belt and i just took them off my belt just to take off my belt like i was getting ready for bed right i take off my belt and it makes that sound and i was like this is how you know you never got hit with a belt before no because flips. we would have been ducking right. just at the sound. That's right. <laughs> yeah. It scared yeah. me. I took it off and it scared me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's your belt. It's my belt. I was like, oh, damn. Right. <laughs> Flashbacks, man. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and again, I don't know if you guys like, like spank your kids. You know, I, I've, I spanked, you know, my son like once or twice, my daughter once or twice. But each time it was like very soft, like just kind of like like an open hand, just like pat on the back type of thing, you know. Yeah. Um, I never used like a belt. Right. I never used an object, you know. Uh. But but even doing like the pat like on the back, it's uh, it's not something I enjoy doing, right? Right. But it makes me. Th it doesn't make me think. Oh my god, my dad was horrible. No. It it makes me think like. You know, he, he loved me enough to do it. Like, it's a weird thing, you know? Right. Like, <laughs> I know it wasn't fun for him to do right. it. Right, right. 
And I'm sure I my know. dad's mind, he was, he was, my, and I know this for a fact, my father was just way more progressive than his father was and so on and so forth, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, we've all progressed. We've all become a little softer, I think, you know? Yes. Right. My father was brand new. I don't know if it's softer. I wonder if we're just more aware of, like, the, just the effects and the result of certain behavior right. like, that's not gonna be the go-to right like i've hit yeah. I, I, I know how many times i've hit each of my kids and it was once mm-hmm. and it was when they're like four years old and they're just doing something malicious right and, and again just uh mm-hmm. right yeah and to this day they remember that like one time my child therapy like, <laughs> no my crying son right um the the one that cries a lot i this is not too long ago. Well, it was maybe a while ago, right? Um, he goes, he was crying about something, right? And How I was old like, is my he now? Huh? This is uh, my 12-year-old. So this might have been when he was like 10, right? I was like, why are you crying? He's like, because I thought you were going to hit me. This is what he says to me. I thought you were going to hit me. I was like, do I ever hit you? Right? Do I ever hit you? And he's like, yeah, all the time. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like my students, my students where all I time. yell at them all the time. I never yell. Like, that's my yell right there. Like, it's, a, it's, like a, it's not a yell, right? Art of yelling. You're right, right, right. Oh, yeah. I was like, all that's the not time? Fair. Yeah. I've hit you yeah. once. <laughs> you know, I know how many times I've hit you. Like, can you imagine somebody who doesn't know you hearing him say that? I know. That's what I said. But you not tell anybody that, you know. He's locked right. up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, me once. I, I wasn't, I didn't experience the, the beating that you guys did. I'm, I'm the youngest. So the other siblings got those. Oh, you know, by the time it, yeah. they got to me, they were a bit more refined. They're tired. <laughs> they tired, yeah. The hang up the belt. like the seven, seven butts. So. <laughs> I probably maybe spank my son, but maybe one I can think of, and I can't. I don't even can't even be in Spain. Maybe once I would think. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, not, man. It yeah. was like it was too much in my house. Oh look. <laughs> it was too much. Oh, there she is. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So um, Father's Day is approaching us. Okay. And. People will be celebrating fathers, and all of you are fathers here. So, do you celebrate Father's Day? Do you partake? Do you like to be celebrated on that day? Um, what are your thoughts on Father's Day? It's very uncomfortable for me. I don't. I don't. But I'm. I'm. I'm weird. I, I don't even like celebrating my birthday. You know. So I don't. I don't. I don't like anything that feels like a pat on the back. Right. You know. That's especially. What you're to do. Yeah, right. Everything I do as a father is because I'm. Exactly. I'm supposed to do it. It's my sense of uh, responsibility, my sense of honor, you know, that kind of dictates what I do and don't do uh, as a dad. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, it's nice. It's nice to get like a day, I guess, but it's, it's not necessary. So if you um, so if your wife and your kids didn't celebrate Father's Day, you wouldn't feel any kind of way? No, 100 percent. No, I'm the same. I don't celebrate anything. Like, if it was up to me, I would not celebrate a thing except for Thanksgiving. It's my favorite holiday. Same here. And Christmas, I don't celebrate, but I love, I celebrate for my kids, right? But if I didn't have kids, I would be totally okay with not celebrating Christmas, right? Um, I don't like any, and I don't like that there's an expectation 
for like Mother's Day or Father's Day. Like I tell, I do Mother's Day because I don't want my kids to grow up weird. And I, you know, and everything I do now is so that my kids don't grow up weird. <laughs> but I wouldn't like celebrate Mother's Day. My thing is this, and you know this, if you've known me long enough, if you're going to celebrate somebody, celebrate them on a random day. When they, you know, when you're feeling it to appreciate them, appreciate them. Yeah. Right, you know, right, don't right. let a day dictate. I think it's rooted in capitalism and Hallmark and uh, all the uh, holidays, right? right? So Absolutely. to take a special day to do something that you should be doing on the regular, just appreciating people that are around you and that you appreciate. Um, I think it's ridiculous. I think holidays in general are ridiculous. I don't celebrate my birthday. I don't celebrate um, Father's Day. Like, I don't want anything. But again, I tell my wife, get me a little something from the kids. I'm like, get me socks and have the kids, you know. Yeah. Because if the they're only- going to come to this level of, you know, what I think is enlightenment, let it, let them, let it happen naturally. <laughs> you know, I don't want to force I, I, my I views agree. on them. I agree. I'm yeah. exactly like you guys. I, I don't pretty much celebrate much of anything. You know, Father's Day. I mean, of course, Mother's Day, again, I, I'll do it because of the fact that those that are into it, Christmas, I, I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't do it. You know, but my, my son, you know, like for Father's Day, because on my birthday, I've always been this way. And the thing is because my sisters always made a big fuss out of my birthdays and would dress me up and stuff. So I just don't even want to. I won't even go to work. You were a toy. You were a toy, too. my birthday. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because if the, kid, if the students find out that my birthday's coming up, I won't go to school still. Yeah, to yeah. work. I won't go. <laughs> because of that, I don't want anybody to make a fuss over, over my day. And I'm like, mostly, I'm like, I can't wait until the day's over. Right. Happy that right. I have another year on earth, but I can't wait to go. But last Father's Day, my son did buy me this right here. If you can see it. Okay. Oh, very nice. So that was a that was a good one, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that vinyl? Okay. Is that vinyl? Yeah. Vinyl. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now that that was that, that was special, and I'll take that. You know, that's a token of a token of appreciation. And you know, like like you guys say, random stuff. I, I appreciate. If everybody's doing random. it, I don't want to do it. Right. right. Just, don't if, tell if me what to do. It, I don't want to do it. Right. Exactly. That, that's exactly what it is. Well, I got to buy roses now because it's Valentine's Day and I got to pay $60 instead of $12 because it's a day. Oh, Fuck out of here. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think it's so much. Unless, unless the gas station still has some. <laughs> I ain't getting them. Right. <laughs> yeah. When you're not forced to do something, I think it's much more meaningful. I mean, listen, the gifts are nice. And, and, and they're nice gestures and things like that. But to me, what stands out. So the other day, you know, my, my daughter's playing outside with some kid from next door. And the kid asked her, who's your favorite, mom or dad? <laughs> and she didn't even. And her mother's standing right next to her. Oh. She did not blink. She said, daddy. <laughs> That's it. That's 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 the that's win that's right the there, baby. That's, right. that's there Father's Day for you know? the next four years. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's it. That's it, yeah. man. That's the reward. You know what right, I'm saying? Right. That that she, uh, I, I I feel that she like every, every, all the love I'm pouring out her way is 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 being received. Like you know what I'm saying? And that's that's what matters to me. You know what I'm saying? She's the only thing you that up for future things. She's right. setting you up already. <laughs> Right. <laughs> her birthday is a couple of weeks away, so that's probably that's it. She's <laughs> banking. She's banking stuff. Goodwill, right? You know, I'm, 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 I'm proud that she's that smart and, and forward thinking. That ends. <laughs> that's it. The only thing that bothers me about Father's Day are the single mothers that try to hijack our day 
by oh, you know getting man. the pat on the back. <laughs> Ladies, you had uh -oh. your own day. You right. had Whoa. your own day. Oh, you made a bad decision. Our moment. <laughs> Do you think that it would be fair if, like, would you feel less this way if single fathers were also like appreciated on Mother's Day, or do you think everybody should? Just they don't do it. I don't know a single. I don't know single fathers, and I know single fathers. Mm -hmm. I don't know any that that try to hijack Mother's Day. I don't know any. No. You know, but I wonder. I wonder also if that's like a like a guy thing because I think for most guys we're we're kind of taught not to not to celebrate ourselves. Right? Maybe. Right. Mm, that's interesting. My, my, my birthday, I mean, Marv had, you know, his sisters would make a big deal about his birthday. My sister would make a big deal about my birthday, but yeah. my parents didn't. Like, most people didn't. Like, I wasn't, right. you know. Yeah, I never it, had I, a party ever. Like, a right. party? I, I never go around saying, like, guys. It's like a therapy session. I'm going to start crying. 13 <laughs> days left on my birthday. I don't, yeah. I would never do no. that. It's my birthday you, month. Yeah. <laughs> birthday month. That, Wait, that's that right. Right. Yeah, right. Martin the right. King gets a month. You right. <laughs> right. right, right, You've accomplished yeah. nothing. Yeah, that's it. Right. Nothing. Yeah. So shout out, you know, to all the fathers. If anybody's listening, and uh, <laughs> yeah. good job, guys. You know, that's it, right? Good job. All, all the dads of the podcast, you know, big up to them. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, if someone sure. hung out and is still with us, it's it's been an hour, and they're listening. Happy Father's Day to them if they're fathers. And in the process, don't oppress your children's feelings. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> While I'm here. <laughs> you know what I'm here, right? Get off. While we're here, if, you may, if you're a trooper and you made it this far in the podcast. <laughs> right, here's your yes. homework. Yeah. Stop oppressing your kids. <laughs> Happy Father's Day, by the way. <laughs> <laughs>